we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. So this is the first RSV antibody treatment to protect infants that has been approved in the United States. I thought it was a little bit of a big deal here. And uh, it's, a, it's a shot, they explained it as a shot, uh, not so much a vaccine, but uh, it, uh, there's a whole lot more to this. Uh, Bay Fortis, they call it, Bay Fortis. It's a preventive shot. Uh, welcome into America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. So, yeah, this is called Bay Fortis. Is that, is that what it's called? This isn't a vaccine, but it's a shot, they say, right? You're right. It's called Bay Fortis, and it is a form of a monoclonal antibody directed against respiratory syncytial virus. Now, its, um, it's medical name is, uh, let me pull it up here. Its medical name is nircivimab. So anything that ends with an AB means it's an antibody. And uh, it would be like a depot injection that children would get. And the hope is that, uh, you know, be approved for high-risk children up to age two. But what's being proposed is to actually give every child that's born the shot, mm-hmm. like right away. It can be given at birth to infants born during the RSV season. Mm-hmm. So it raises this issue, Malcolm, is, you know, when is enough is enough? Uh, You know, should a child on the first day of birth get a hepatitis B shot, which the vast majority do do not have mothers who have IV drug abuse or active hep B. So this idea of covering everybody. And now should we turn around and give a long acting monoclonal antibody shot to a a child? Uh, You know, as you can imagine, it doesn't have any long-term information on safety. Monoclonal antibodies are generally safe and effective. There's about three dozen in clinical use right now. But that's that's where we are. That's the proposal. Now, is there any, do you know why they want to do that? I mean, I'm trying to understand what, what is the point of, is there a point to this or? You know, I've verified two or three different places and the story that we looked at yeah. that was on the news wires. And, um, you know, I can quote it if uh, it was by Carolyn Johnson and this came out in the Washington Post. Yeah. Uh, it came out, I believe, just uh, yesterday. The claim is that there's about 59,000 hospitalizations per year for RSV among children. I've verified in three different places, and she's right. There's about 59,000 hospitalizations. Now, there's a 5.3 pediatric, 5.3 million pediatric hospitalizations per year. So the kids are getting hospitalized for other things. Mm-hmm. Most kids hospitalized in the pediatric world, Malcolm, they have some condition like cystic fibrosis or uh, bowel disease, congenital diaphragmatic hernia, congenital heart disease, um, cystic uh, 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 cerebral palsy, other conditions like that. I mean, an average child, a normal child born today can expect zero hospitalizations to age 18. Wow. That's that's very common. Most people listening, they have normal kids. Their kids have never been hospitalized. So of the 5.3 million hospitalizations, the majority of those kids have problems. Now, among that 5.3 million, there are 59,000 RSV. 
I would imagine the RSV kids who get sick enough to be hospitalized, they have problems at baseline, severe asthma, severe cystic fibrosis, you know, congenital lung disease, congenital heart disease. And the proposal though would be to give all kids this monoclonal antibody at birth during the respiratory syncytial virus season. And I'm just, I have equipoise there because I know respiratory syncytial virus in kids is a mild condition. Even if they're hospitalized, right. it's mainly just for observation and a few nebulizers and they go home the next day. Well, let me ask you this. Do we know of any dangers with it? Have there, I didn't see any in the report itself, but do we know there's danger in it or? No, I don't think there's any danger. These okay. monoclonal antibodies, remember the very first big monoclonal antibody yeah. breakthrough was Humira. Humira is for inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's, uh, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis. And it really does work. I mean, it, it, these drugs work. I saw a patient today on them. They're like miracle drugs for these rheumatologic conditions. Then we had monoclonal antibodies for cholesterol problems. I prescribed right. them Repatha and Praluent. We have certainly a ton of monoclonal antibodies in hematology oncology for cancers, but now a monoclonal antibody for right. a newborn and it's just, again, I have equipoise here. Yeah. And I, I think I could be convinced in a child with cystic fibrosis, with any pulmonary condition, could tip them over and they could get really sick. I could see that. But a normal child, a stone cold yeah. normal child, even if they get RSV, I mean, maybe it's a, a brief nebulizer right, and right. that's all it takes. Yeah. It, it, there are two sides of this I'm wondering, uh, frankly, um, and I'm thinking about myself as well. Uh, if my own children, if I had the younger ones, now they're in college, so they're past their stage. Uh, thank God for that. But I wouldn't want to go through that again <laughs> once. But um, uh, not taking anything away from anybody who's got them. Believe me, believe me, everybody should do it, I guess, one time or another, right? And uh, But if I'm knowing what I know today, so two sides to this uh, coin I look at, Peter, and on one side, knowing what I know through all of this now, my personal decision would be, as you, and you already know what it would be, because I would not do it. I would not engage on it. I just don't trust the healthcare system any further, period, end stop for me. That's it. Not trying to be a smart guy or anything, but I just wouldn't do it. Now, here's on the flip side, because actually another side is that, I asked you if there's any harm to this or anything would become of it. And you said, well, no, not really. So now, okay, so I'm thinking a lot of people, a lot of parents, if they know there's no cause of harm to the kid, they're going to go along with it. Now, here's where, to me, it gets a little slippery, is that in a lot of these pediatric offices, uh, I have a sense the system pushes all this stuff on anybody. I mean, listen, again, I know there are a lot of good people in the business, We've seen a lot of ugliness over the last few years, but I think the system, the healthcare system, I'm speaking about, Peter, has a tendency to push this on to people. I, I don't know if it's a sense of them feeling important or not. I, I mean, I'm not, I guess I shouldn't really say that that way. I don't really know, but I get the sense they always go to the side of doing these things than not doing them. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, so I guess they're going to be pushing this on to people is what I'm guessing. And I'm not sure I would engage, but you said there's no harm if they do get it, right? Malcolm. That makes sense. Here's, here's the thing. This brand new technology, which according to this release in the Washington Post, yeah. is being proposed for every Everyone. child. 
Yeah, because it's in, a money machine. It's a money in machine. In America, under age two, including newborns, yeah. as we get into respiratory syncytial virus season, which is kind of simple. Well, that's what I'm asking, though. Through March. Yeah. So it, this is going to run head into a new movement in the United States, wow. which is going natural. Parents are sick and tired of exactly. shots and exactly. new technology. They've lost their trust. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is going to run headlong into it. As a doctor, you know, I prescribe drugs all day long. I'm in the office right now. I think there's a middle ground. I think the middle ground is no, it's not for everybody. It certainly is not needed in normal, healthy kids, okay. but maybe kids with cystic fibrosis, other forms of congenital lung disease, right. um, you know, kids in yeah. group homes that are, yeah. are, are, you know, exposed and at risk for contagions and secondary pneumonias. Yeah, I just think like anything, why can't we have a middle ground? Why why does every new vaccine, every new shot now have to be for every normal child? I love what you say there. I love what you just said there and rattled all that off. I, I could not disagree with any part of that. I'm totally 100% agreement on all of it. And I, but I do think you proved my point just now, which is that the system always pushed. I just, I, you know, I just remember, I just see parents in the room and I remember with my own mom, they trusted whatever the doctor said, whatever the, if the pediatrician said, jump three feet off the ground, they jump three feet. I mean, that's just the way people are. And I think the healthcare industry is probably going to do exactly what you just said, which is what you just indicated, put this to all the kids. But I think the, on the flip side of it, you and I uh, have talked about this in past weeks and months, people are turned off by the system. And they, we've seen the letters come in and the comments and the emails from people, uh, right? They don't want to even trust the vaccines anymore, even the routine ones they used to get. So I think there's where the, there's where the rub is, right? Right. That's the rub. There is. I think more and more what's going to yeah. happen is yeah. the nurse is going to come in and say, listen, we got a shot for junior. <laughs> and then, and then the parents are going to say, well, what's that? Well, it's the new RSV antibody shot. Sounds good. And, and then, well, no, the parents are going to say, you know, is that really needed for my child? Is there something about my child? No, no, no. We give it to everybody. People are going to say, you know what? I, I think I want to pass for now. Oh, I you're right. On it. You know, if, if someone said, listen, your child has cystic fibrosis, yeah. the lungs are already at risk. If they got respiratory syncytial virus, they could end up on a ventilator. And studies show this can help your child, you know, avoid that complication. Oh, different story. If I had a kid with CF, I'd say different story. It's just that we're going to have to have what's called risk stratification. Things in medicine can work if kids are at high enough risk. Do you know most of these studies, if you look at a population of kids, way less than 1% ever get RSV, way less than 1%. Right, so right. why that 99% that are going to get this monoclonal antibody shot, which is probably safe, but we don't have long-term studies on safety. All right, all right. It's clearly going to be uncomfortable because it's a depot shot, so it's going to hurt for sure. Um, I can already hear the kids screaming in the in the yeah. Room. I can already <laughs> hear them screaming. These antibody shots hurt. Um, but the the point is, you know, it, 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 without risk stratification going forward, right. there's there is it's becomes a crowded space, right? We're at well over a hundred shots now with the COVID shots. If everybody takes everything, now there's a monoclonal antibody shot. These poor kids' immune systems are being blasted, uh, you know, yeah. every time you turn around. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, we'll all be the walking zombies soon enough with all those shots. No, thank you very much. I'll pass uh, just the same as I did with all the COVID stuff. 
uh, thank God. But, now, Malcolm, uh, if you were, we, so you've become quite educated in this whole space now. If you were a young parent today and you had a child born today that was perfectly normal, yeah. what would you do with all this? This 100%, 100% not. There's no way, Peter, there's no way this boy or my wife would uh, go ahead and do the shots any further. And, and that's really the message I want people to get out of this. And you explained it so perfectly well in your description. But I want people to take something from this. There's overkill in the system. But, you know, let's face it. Come on. You know what's driving this thing? This is money. This is a money machine. Look at the money Big Pharma made out of all of this stuff. This is money. That's what Isn't that what we're talking about here? Yeah, it's a lot of revenues. Antibodies are all expensive, Malcolm. Yeah. I'll just go on the record by saying if I was a young parent and I had a child born today, knowing no what I know, no. because we don't have imminent threats of pertussis, diphtheria, measles, mumps, rubella, um, polio, we simply don't have those threats anymore. Personally, I would go natural, meaning yeah. no vaccines early in life, yeah. and then it would be risk stratified. So you know, it, as my child approached certain milestones, if there was a particular risk, yeah. um, let's say they were going to go into healthcare and they were going to volunteer in the ER or something, hepatitis B vaccine, fine. Yeah. Uh, if they were going to go into army barracks or some type of adult day camp, maybe a meningococcal vaccine, fine. But but it would be limited and risk stratified. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't sign up and have my child get blessed well, with one of these. I Malcolm, just... I, I am becoming concerned. I, no, I see overkill. it. Yeah, I see it. And you've been and you and you've changed. Even I've heard your. I mean, a lot of your words. Even and you, you, it's just changed a little bit from the beginning of this whole experiment, this COVID disaster that has been. What I want to see out of this, uh, Dr. McCullough, is that some of these doctors don't that they would stop pushing this onto people, just like when I was in the room. And the specialist came out after I went back with my wife for the post-op and the COVID affair that happened. And he was insulted and arrogant and disrespectful and rude and obnoxious Mm. and all of the above Mm. when he was pushing his COVID uh, shots on my wife, which we were not having anything to do, who just went through pneumonia and went through COVID pneumonia and lost millimeters within losing her life. And this guy was taking it personally somehow that this was somehow offensive to him that we weren't subscribing to everybody get a jab quickly step in line. Your lemonade is right here. No, thank you. I just hope they stop pushing this stuff. That's what I pray for. Yeah. You know, that's true. Uh, Yeah. I think the whole COVID narrative, people have lost their trust. And let me tell you what they're learning. They're losing their trust in any center that's doing this transgender medicine. Well, this is right. Okay. All right. This, I just was thinking there's some questions in that line. You just bring it up, but listen, let me segue to, this is interesting too. Now this plays with this court case you were involved in uh, with Dr. Mark Trussi. This is very fascinating for the same reason, same reason, this council, uh, this uh, lead uh, uh, counselor, Emily Graham, uh, she was uh, insistent that you were going too far from everything I can see in this and was very hostile, I guess, back, wanted you thrown off the case and your expert opinion wasn't worth anything because you had had different of opinion about these, as they call them in the PCR COVID jabs. 
Uh, quite a story on this. T tell us about this one. You were you were a witness. Uh, you were an expert in this. Well, let me set the stage. I mean, I wish I was uh, in, in Ottawa and, you know, in person. I think the in-person makes a big difference. So it's on Zoom. Uh, so one feels a bit more um, remote, obviously. But Zoom, I can't look at anything. They have all these strict rules. And then I'm on with this attorney and and she just I just characterize her as being kind of severe, cold, calculated. Her hair was pulled back in a super tight bun. And she just it was squeezing to, her brain. That's what squeezing her brain. And Malcolm, she went into this like, I am going to do surgery on Dr. McCullough and I am going to impeach him. So she would bring in and she would bring up bring up piece of evidence 185.1 and then they would bring up a video and it could have been a video from three years ago and she goes bring it to one minute and 28 seconds and then they'd show one minute and 28 seconds and then i'd be saying something and she said dr mccullough did you say that it's like well you just played it in the video ma'am and yes i said it and what's the time in the lower left corner? And, you know, she kept going on like this as if she was building some case where and I got to the point. I said, listen, if you've got some substantive questions regarding Dr. Trousey and his medical care, I'd be happy to, you know, take a look at the evidence and render an opinion. And she would not get to any substantive thing. She kept going round and round like she was going to somehow impeach me on. Well, she was trying um, to discredit you as a witness uh, with the judge, right? Right. And what are you going to do? It's just like she could pick up any one of these conversations you and I have and she could have brought it in. I looked up on the Internet, Malcolm. I have 25 million hits on the Internet. I have tens of thousands of video clips. And I just told her, I said, listen, you can go through all of them. You can go through any of them. You can go through none of them. I said, it's irrelevant to the issue at hand. There's a young ER doctor here who's been suspended since December of 2022 for non-clinical reasons. He uh, is said to have given out a few dozen medical exemptions for the vaccine, and he spoke out against the vaccine. And, you know, he's in a rural ER position. They need him back in the trenches. The guy's been destroyed. You know, they're, they're charging him every day fines. in this kangaroo court at the College of Physicians and Surgeons in Ontario to go through all this uh, you know, forensic evaluation of evidence. They're not accomplishing anything. Finally, she got to some substantive things. One thing on, one thing on um, safety, which was Guillain-Barre syndrome. And she showed some piece of information. She says, well, doesn't this mean it's rare? I said, no. I said, any safety event is not rare because we didn't check everybody for it and people aren't reporting it. So when someone gets a problem nowadays, people are afraid to report it in the vaccine safety databases, so it's not getting reported. And uh, then she got one thing on efficacy. She showed the study from the University of California at San Diego, where fully vaccinated nurses were getting COVID. And then in the conclusions of the paper, it says, uh, this is uh, further evidence that we need to give more boosters. And she goes, do you agree with that? I said, no. I said, my conclusion is the vaccines don't work. And then look back up here in this paragraph, and it shows the majority of people getting sick are fully vaccinated people. So it's obviously vaccines don't work. So uh, so they took this break, and I think I was in this thing for about seven hours. Wow. They took a break, wow. and I literally didn't know if they were coming back. Or it, it, and finally came back, and we 
we wrapped it up and there was some redirect, but it just made me realize what a giant waste of time this was. If this college had any question regarding this doctor, they could have dealt with this in one or two days back in December of 2022 and let this guy go on with his career. But here we are in July. He's been out of work. They are charging him daily fines, trying to destroy him. You know, at the very end, he's going to have to try to pick up the the, the pieces of his career. Yeah. But, but you understand that argument. They try to destroy you as well. It's true. I'm still standing, but I have similar kangaroo court to go through with the American Board of Internal Medicine. I keep trying to make my my case, Malcolm. I have to tell you this. I my final my last correspondence with them, mm-hmm. I dug up an FDA uh, document that was publicly presented uh, October twenty second of twenty twenty, and on that slide at the FDA, they said these vaccines could have problems and we're going to watch out for myocarditis, blood clots, stroke, Guillain-Barre syndrome. They listed off everything, the FDA, in October of 2020. Do you know what the American Board of Internal Medicine did on uh, December 17th, 2020, seven days after Pfizer was released? They sent out a communication that's still on their website saying, hey, everybody, members of the American Board, which, by the way, is the majority of doctors in the United States. I think it's about 800,000 of the million doctors are, in the, are under the American board. It said, hey, everybody, we want you to get vaccinated and take a selfie of you getting vaccinated and put it on social media to encourage your patients to take the vaccine. And the point I made is, listen, this college should have been neutral. It should have been conservative. Yeah. These were brand new vaccines. They should have, you know, when the vaccine started having problems, they should have put out warnings to the members. Instead, they were encouraging selfies. Yeah, but that was the whole problem through that whole chapter is nobody was neutral. They took a position in this fight, and that's what made this COVID thing so political. There was, in fact, you just hit it nail on the head there. The entire healthcare industry was never neutral. It was political. And people made it political and they made it ugly. So this college did exactly what a lot of them did, actually. And they found you as a hostile witness because they, they in fact, their words were that you were not, you, you, you didn't have the independence and weren't objective because you had already, based on the evidence, had come up with conclusions. And here they are, which was in the face of what they were trying to prove with Dr. Mark Trussi, right? Right. I mean, I was neutral at first. And of course, I got once the data coming but these colleges the the Royal College in Canada yeah. the American board in the United States they should have had product warnings going out saying listen there's myocarditis now there's fatal cases there's blood clots that any college that originally suggested that we should do this they should warn their members they actually had a duty to their membership I mean we paid money to be a part of these these boards. Instead, to this day, they still encourage it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was quite, how did this all end up? What was the final conclusion? Well, uh, his last day of presentations was July 17th, 2023. And then they will go into some undefined deliberation period and decide his fate. Trazi's attorney has told me he's he's ready to take this all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. His attorney, Michael Alexander, has argued cases at the Supreme Court, and he's willing to do it. All right. So uh, it's just a young doctor 
who gave some vaccine exemptions and he spoke out uh, with his concerns regarding the safety of the vaccine. No crimes are committed. This is not about the quality of his clinical care. Uh, there's nothing here that that should have taken him out of duty or certainly nothing here that should have, you know, basically, you know, worked to ruin his career. Yeah. I bet you never thought you'd spend as many as much time dealing with attorneys and legal staff, which was not your background or your business. I bet you never thought you'd spend as much time in your life as you've had to as you've had to over the last few years. huh? No, I'm exhausted. All of this takes preparation, Malcolm. It's a huge grind. It's a massive grind. Takes professional time away. There's no compensation for this. I mean, it's just brutal. I was just going to ask you seven hours in the air of your time, and you don't get you don't get scrapped, do you? No, no. It's just it it is just uh, it's just something. Right now, I just feel. you know, I feel compelled. I, I have to try to help. I mean, it's almost right. as if if I don't do something, who's going to do it? Right, right. Well, you're drained from the whole experience. We totally, fully, fully understand. Uh, and, you know, part of that was part of the mission, I think, of some of these operatives anyways, is to uh, uh, put the fear into people. And uh, a lot of people avoid these kinds of things because they don't want to get engaged. They don't want to get involved. They want to stay free of it. And you can understand that argument sometimes especially when you see how you've got you've got drugged through the, the mud yourself with so many of these things. Um, yeah, not surprised at all. Um, mm-hmm. Well, a couple things, uh, friends, as we are uh, here at uh, this is 70 uh, Q&A. We've got a lot of questions. We're going to jump into moments. Q- Q&A 76. There it is. Q&A 76 after some of the top stories we're covering here. And let me just tell you as well that uh, – Interesting new product with Cofix uh, RX. You you've heard us talk about the the nasal hygiene, of course, the povidone iodine, uh, which is we all know about that, and has uh, certainly saved a lot of people a lot of grief, uh, to be sure. And Clear as well as another good one, Clear uh, X L E A R is available. Uh, when I mention both of those, drugstores, pharmacies, what have you like. Um, they're both great products. So, uh, uh, that one is the xylitol. Uh, but the key is is to kill these pathogens and that harbor in your nose area before they get into the respiratory tract and all of that. Well, specifically to Cofix, they have a brand new product, and it is a Cofix throat spray. Brand new. It's a very, they've been working on this for a while, and it's a throat spray. So it's kind of a new protocol they're doing. It's a one-two punch because that's where a lot of it's going to come in, either through your nose or your throat. The mouth, so this kind of gives you extra security. Uh, very interesting idea, very interesting concept. Uh, what do you think of this idea, Dr. McCullough? I think it's a great idea. You know, when you're in the uh, airport on an airplane, it's not so easy to gargle in front of people or, <laughs> uh, you know, and a throat spray can just be that, or you're in the car and you start to feel a little bit viral. So um, I've tried it. It's a great product. It's very well. You just spray it in the back of the throat, like, a, and, and yeah. you know, try to let it dwell back there a little bit. Uh, the new Cofrix nasal spray, boy, that is kind of the Cadillac, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Higher concentration of povidone iodine than most other sprays. It's got xylitol in it now, yeah. cartagena, and vitamin D. Vitamin yeah. D in yeah. the Cofix spray. So now we've got Cofix nasal spray and the throat spray. I've tested both bottles. They do not leak. 
These would be ideal travel companions and right on the spot in the purse when you get sick. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, the, the cottagene uh, gets it to stick to the hairs in your nose and stuff, right? And you're right. right. It's what that's about there. Yeah, uh, I have it as well. I, I've done both. The protocol is really, really good. Uh, here's this is brand new. It's a great deal. But if you go, here's the offer they've got now. This is the first time. And this is for America Out Loud listeners only. This will not be out there anywhere else. That is for sure. The out the code for twenty five percent off on this special here for the throat spray. And the nasal hygiene, as long as you, if you order the throat spray with any combination of order, you'll get 25% off. Now, it's the first time they've ever done that. You have to use the code OUTLOUD25. It's a new code for that, OUTLOUD25. That code is in the shop. So if you go to americaoutloud.shop, it's it's the big featured offer right at the top. Stay healthy with Cofix RX. They were rated, by the way, a top five product for 2023, as seen in drugstore news as well. They've been working really hard, these folks are. I've been very um, pleased with all the work they've done. And um, they, they, they have been working really hard on this product line. Anyways, it's very cool stuff. So I'm using it as well. I've got the throat spray and, of course, the uh, improved product itself. Uh, but 25% off out loud, 25. Just click those banner ads through AmericaOutloud.shop. Get used to that address. That's where to go. We're going to be running pro, uh, special incentives in there. Every week, they're going to change. And you're going to have all, all the cool stuff. There's other stuff coming, I'm, I'm telling you now. Another good one up at the top there, the featured offer, which I ha- have been taken, is the Oxy Powder. This is really something else. Uh, This is from Global Healing. And uh, this is uh, the leader in oxygen, as you'll see it there, the message, intestinal cleansing. There's nothing like this I've seen because this is where a lot of problems happen is in, and I've experienced that in my own life, Dr. McCullough, is my intestines um, with a gastrointestinal challenges I've had over the time. A lot of people, those are not uncommon, are they? A lot of people have those, right? No, a lot of people do. And, you know, yeah. the belief is there's just something off in our microbiome. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. a young kid like that today. There's just something off. Yeah. In my, and, my case, uh, there has been. And you've done programs on this. You've done some really spectacular uh, conversations with some experts in the microbiome as well on the McCullough Report. Uh, listen in there, it's friends. It's true. You know, I've had uh, Sabine Hazen. I've had an yeah. expert from Switzerland, the young man I saw today, I'd actually sent, her, sent him out to see Sabine Hazen wow. uh, in Ventura Hills, California. She does some advanced stool microbiome testing. Uh, there's a lot to be learned there. But in general, if people are having a lot of GI cramping, intermittent yeah. diarrhea, other discomfort, it means the bacterial and fungal elements of the stool are just off somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I've experienced this in my life. I know exactly what this is all about. And um, it's it's not good. It's not fun. And it is uncomfortable, to be sure. It's just not a good thing. And I've done it. Anyways, I took this uh, Oxy powder. And I will tell you, it is, how do I say, very effective. Uh, it definitely cleans your intestine system out and gives you a jump in your step. Uh, because a lot of that just has to, it, it, there's one way, it, it, listen, I, I just be direct. And I think Dr. McCullough would agree with this probably. It's either two, one of two things. It's either stays in you and harbors in you and creates other problems, or it gets out of your body and your system. It's that simple. Is it not Dr. McCullough? Yeah. I, right. 
You said it without getting to any more graphic. No, I don't need to. But I'm saying, is that not that I'm being correct here? I mean, and I've experienced this in my life. So I know. Anyways, this stuff was uh, unbelievable. I mean, it just really did the job. It is their number one seller at Global Healing. Uh, 15% off that product. You've got to use the code out loud, americaoutloud.shop. Anyways, these are products I'm using. I've tried. I like them. I know what they are. All of our team at America Out Loud, we're all engaged in these products. Uh, there's some other cool stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks we'll be telling you about uh, as well. And the nurses will be all over this new line of products. So we, we're on, we're just trying to stay on the cutting edge here, trying to get stuff out to help all of us out. That's really what it's all about. So anyways, check those out, AmericaOutloud.shop. And we're going to take a quick pause, friends. We'll join you just on the other side here on America Out Loud Pulse. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. One of the biggest advances in nutraceuticals and supplements is Healthy Cell. And the Healthy Cell line is extensive. I typically focus on the microgel technology three major products here, Immune Super Boost, the Focus and Recall, and then the REM Sleep Supplement. Each one of these is complementary, and they can uh, have a role, I think, in the health of your life each and every day. I know they do in my case. Many of you know, after COVID-19 twice, I spent almost the entire year in 2022 with an upper respiratory tract illness. Now, thankfully, and I've been diligent with the Immune Super Boost in the morning, followed by Focus and Energy, and then in the evening time, the REM Sleep Supplement. The microgel technology works, and boy, does it work fast. So go to our website, America Out Loud Talk Radio, find the banner bar for Healthy Cell, click on it, and that'll take you to the site to get a discount on your purchase of all Healthy Cell products. So let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Join you back here. Welcome back into the broadcast. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough. And we are in Q&A 76. And we got a lot of questions we want to get to right now. 
Um, but I gotta tell you first, I'm super excited. In fact, we have our first newsletter going out. It's going out today, actually. So you're listening to this broadcast on Talk Radio on Wednesday. Uh, you would have got the first newsletter. We, we will be sending out a weekly newsletter now with all the America Out Loud news on there and giving you some of the top posts and things to read and listen and watch to. We had an incredible show, and we just put that uh, notice up on the site a couple of weeks ago to sign up for the newsletter. And we got a massive, just in a short period of those couple of weeks, we got over uh, about 35,000 signups, Dr. McCullough. Wow, that's 35,000? In just those, just that period of time, I was blown away. And uh, so we got a lot of signups. People, well, people have been asking for this newsletter for quite some time. And so we are just, we're going to send it out just once a week. Just don't want to, never, our goal is never to, we don't want to annoy anybody. We just want to keep people informed. But here, but in the newsletter, you'll see, we are now known as AmericaOutloud.news. That is official. It is it. Is it. it has happened. It's a whole new look on the uh, site. If you haven't been there, go look at it now. AmericaOutloud.news. The .com will just alias. It will redirect to the news. But that's what we want you to know is by. And I'm asking you to tell your friends and family in the neighborhood that it's AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Um, go take a look there, friends, at the new look. Got a whole new look at the top. I love the look at the flag and the patriotism, which is, of course, what we're all about. Home of the free because of the brave. Love it, love it, love it. Can't get Malcolm, enough of it, Dr. McCullough. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm, what uh, what prompted the, the the move towards news? Is it the is it the platform? Is our, our shows more and more actually classify as news? As they are. They are. Okay. Between all the, even the podcast, a lot of our hosts are writing articles, even with the podcast. We have so much news and we have such a great, enormous, oh man, I could not be more pleased of the, the, the show host and the writers and the people who work so hard at putting out the truth, the out loud truth, the content. And we want, we needed to get news in the title so that you didn't mistake for what we were here for. Our job with all the bad media out there, and Dr. McCullough, you know better than anybody with all the bad things that have been said about you and all the crap that's happened. Um, no pun in, no pun intended with that oxy powder stuff. But in any event, with all that happening, uh, that, uh, really, uh, we're an independent, you're either part of the legacy media, the mainstream media, which has gone adrift. The fourth estate is lost in a, in a tidal wave of BS. Uh, the social <laughs> media is so tainted and twisted and hard to get truth there. Uh, you've got independent media that is rising in our nation. AmericaOutloud.news is that independent media space. We have no obligation other than the out loud truth and getting that out to our fellow man, our fellow woman and man across the globe, because our listeners are they're in Australia, they're in New Zealand, they're in the UK, they're in Japan, they're in India, they're all over the place. And that's our job. So AmericaOutloud.news is getting out the truth, Dr. McCullough, liberty and justice for all. But we need to keep pushing that. AmericaOutloud.news, that's the brand. That's what we want people to embrace. And it's a beautiful thing. It was a great change after seven years in the platform, right? So I hope you like it, it Dr. McCullough. Yeah, I like it. And I think it's important for people to understand that independent news and independent media is where it's at. And what we're seeing is we're, we're seeing the, the media now, in a sense, be hijacked by, by corporate interests, everything from big pharma to just big uh, you know, ideologues. 
And we can't get a straight story on things. And, and we get to the point where you can't get a straight story on things. One's world gets to be very uh, distorted. And yeah. uh, to me, the, the single greatest thing that comes up uh, in terms of, I think, of a distorted reporting is the war in Ukraine. Yeah. F- and, follow, uh, follow that up with a statement. Well, I mean, uh, th- this is what I'd say. I, I, I often think to myself, well, what if I was one of these presidential candidates? Right. And they'd say, well, what would you do about the war in Ukraine? You know what I think my answer would be, Malcolm? Malcolm, my answer would be this. What? I think I would go over there and find out what's going on. 100%. 100%. Okay. So yeah. because yeah. Yeah. we don't see any reports of any battles, yeah. Yeah. we don't see any lines of battle, we don't even know who's occupying what territory, controlling other territories, I would go over... And I'd ask a few questions yeah. uh, because it's essentially an annexation. And in an annexation, the questions to ask is, who's controlling the roads? Who's controlling the utilities? Who's controlling telecommunications, banking systems? Yeah. Who's controlling healthcare? Quality of life. Yeah. Who's controlling taxation? And what areas are yeah. really Ukrainian run right now? What areas are Russian run? And does anybody care? Well, this is very uh, important. Does anybody care? Uh, what um, areas are they already speaking Russian right now? I would actually do a deep dive on well, what is we're going spending on. a fortune over there. We've spent it, we've invested a fortune. Well, okay, we, we, we know that. Okay, we know yeah. we spent that. But yeah. think about these fundamental questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is controlling the subways in Kiev right now? Who's controlling the electrical power grid? How about water? You know, fundamental questions like this. Yeah, it's an yeah. annexation. It's not a yeah. war. It's an annexation. They're in the process of annexing. Well, the Russians already annexed Crimea. So we heard about a war in Crimea. But before you know it, we didn't hear much about Crimea anymore because it was simply an annexation. But I would actually go and find out. To me, it's it blows my mind that the presidential candidates can't even think to this level of depth. Yeah. There's not be, a single presidential candidate that even asked anything yeah. about who's controlling now, utilities, the, the, roads. The, the, the Crimea thing was done during the Barack Obama. The annexation of that was done during the Obama administration. That's what's done now. On the eastern part of Ukraine, they're all talking Russian. Uh, they're Russian. A lot of them are Russians, in fact, on the eastern part of Ukraine, to be sure. But the bigger problem, and not to get lost in all of the details of this, is your point of the independent media news being twisted and tainted and lying? And absolutely, they're gender-driven, they're globalists, they, they have nefarious uh, uh, means here. But bigger problem even than that, when you combine that with the government, and specifically the United States government, and you realize the deceit and the deception and the disgusting behavior that these cats have put off uh, with the government agencies and all that has happened. Now you really have a quandary here, Dr. McCullough, beyond just that war. But now you we're talking about information flow. When it comes to misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation, you've got a catastrophe on your hands. Who do you believe today? You can't believe the government. You can't believe anything they say. They lie beyond any measure you could I mean, it's ridiculous. Know, but, but Malcolm, fundamental things, yeah. like when there's a war, there's some standard things. So it, we standardly have embedded reporting. We standardly are have, have battle lines portrayed to us. 
we are standardly given casualty updates and we get aerial photography to see what's going on. Yeah. We're getting none of that right now, Malcolm. None. Yeah, none. Yeah. So, you know, it raises the issue of what is going on yeah. in Ukraine. I honestly, I would just go over there myself. Sorry. And I'm going to. Wait, wait, well, I got to tell you, you've got to remember some of these reporters are being taken uh, hostage, captive, which is just what happened to the Wall Street Journal uh, journalist with Putin. So I'm not so sure that's as easy as you think it is uh, because these cats will be taken prisoners of war. Uh, and that's what's yeah, happening with Putin. I don't know. We'd hear if, well, if there was that tons is, of journalists. That is happening. That's all over the news. That's a real thing. But I will tell you further, the real answer is to have get the meetings, get the minds to the table. And the bottom line is there should have been this. A lot of death and destruction could have been avoided with a proper conversation with the players uh, and not the threats. This thing has been mismanaged from moment one. There was a way to save lives and save this catastrophe, and it's not been tapped into. We'll leave it there, but that's what I'm saying, Dr. McCullough. So let's get on to some of the questions here and turn it back a little bit here. I, I love engaging on all of this stuff with you, but that's what life is. Life is everything. Life is societal, it's cultural, it's politics, it's healthcare, it's it's everything. That's what it should be. We should be able to talk about everything. All right, this one is from Ellis. God bless you both for doing God's work, Ellis says. I'm a 25-year-old male from the UK who took two doses of Pfizer in 2021. No boosters. I saw recently that the Danish paper from Schmelen that showed the lot of variability. So I checked my lots on how bad is my batch and found that my first batch uh, caused six deaths uh, 16, 1700 rounded off ad adverse events had a lethality rate of 0.36%. My second batch caused one death, 1400 adverse events and had a lethality of 0.07%. My question, Dr. McCullough, is in which batch group would you place them in? The low risk, medium risk, or high? And how likely is it that I will suffer a serious event like so many people out there? Uh, as I recall, I think there's about 150 total batches. And so these websites, Malcolm, have a ranking. And so it's better to know, are you in you know, the top worst 10? Are you in the top most favorable 10? So I'd go back to that website and see where the ranking is. I think the ranking of the batches goes 1 to 150. It's better than the absolute numbers because I can't place it right now. Okay. Uh, I had a patient the other day come in and say, listen, I looked up my batch and I'm in the top 10 most, most lethal batches. And so that really got my attention. Wow. Wow. All right. That's good to know as well. I know these batches have become very, very important. I didn't focus a lot on that because, again, in my world, we didn't take these shots. But this is a problem. If you did take the shots, you really want to know where you fall in there, right? It's true. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. In, it's, it's in the body. Uh, it's your body. You should look it up and... Find out, you know, Pfizer and Moderna should be doing this recently. <laughs> all the, you know, after all this, Moderna never wanted to release their data. Finally, under court order, they released it. And the NGO ICAN, I C A N, has the Moderna data. They will get it out shortly. They're oh, it's not even out yet. You're saying it's coming out? No, they, they, it's finally, Moderna has finally given it up under court order. They are such dirty, rotten bastards. <clears throat> Um, you know, not only do they do all this evil, but then they want to play hardball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Well, it, it, you know, they want you to take the product, but they don't want to tell you anything about it. It's terrible. Just, just awful. 
Uh, Shelley says, my daughter, who is not vaccinated, recently kissed a boy. Well, there's the first problem right there, Shelley. How old is she? And she should be kissing the boy. <laughs> Speaking as a dad here now. Anyway, okay, my, my daughter, I had a daughter too. I understand that. My daughter, who is not vaccinated, recently kissed a boy who is vaccinated, even after I warned her of the consequences uh, teens never think of any consequences, she says. The boy states that he only got a shot in late 2020. Can the messenger RNA pass through uh, Salivia uh, two years later? Or is it just the spike proteins? Is there anything I can do to stop the effects? I need help with this because I have other children in my home and a husband with a heart condition that this may affect. People are taking this pretty seriously. If you can see from that question, Dr. McCullough from Shelley. But what do you say to that? I recently had on my Substack, and we'll have on the podcast, McCullough Report, Dr. Helene Benoon, who's the world's expert on shedding. And, oh. and we went over these scenarios. She thinks shedding is is almost certainly happening probably in the first 30 days after the shot, uh, for sure. Two years into it, my clinical intuition says probably not. I think if people wanted to play it safe with uh, natokinase, uh, bromelain and curcumin. This is what we call base detox. They can do it. This is uh, frequently mentioned now in all my Twitter feeds. I, I have a major manuscript coming out on this. So there is a supplement approach to detox, but I really think it, it really pertains to people who have taken the shots. So probably the boy who took the shots, not the girl who kissed him. There you go. All right, Shelly, good news for your daughter and your family. Uh, Lori says, I was rinsing my mouth out with peroxide, um, and I accidentally swallowed it. Nothing happened to me. And that, that was a while ago. What could have happened? Asking because you said not to swallow it if you use it for gargle. Is that a serious problem? Right. So swallowing large amounts of peroxide could influence the liver, the intestines. Uh, and it shouldn't be consumed. But, you know, a little swallow by accident is not the end of the world. Sounds like she's fine. Uh, just be careful next time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would guess, I would think. But uh, Dagan asked, I tested positive for COVID in February with both the right antigen and PCR test. I had a mild fever for four and a half days. One day I felt as if my throat was swollen, but no sore throat. I was fine that week, but the following week I developed fatigue and then took two months to clear. Two weeks after testing positive, I had the TAT and um prothrombin fragments that were off the charts. Six weeks later, those markers were normal, as were my D-dimer levels. Interestingly, as that blood test, uh, eight weeks after testing positive for COVID, a semi-quantitative uh, SARS-CoV-2 IgG antibody test was negative. What does this mean? Did I or did I not have COVID? And do I have natural immunity now? The antibody test suggests I do not have natural immunity. Clearly, I had some sort of infection, but was it COVID? Huh. I think you did. I, I think actually it was uh, indeed the infection <laughs> that pattern fits. You know, influenza or other viruses don't cause an elevated D-dimer or what's called um, the uh, TAT time. Uh, and um, I would bet if a fully quantitative antibody against the spike protein is measured, it's positive. So I, I, this was a COVID infection. There actually was some systemic involvement because of the um, coagulation factors were up. It's been my practice to, you know, take aspirin for 90 days afterwards 
And again, people who have any residual symptoms were recommending the triple combination of natokinase and bromelain, which are actually both blood thinners. They're available over the counter, but they are uh, blood thinners. And then the anti-inflammatory curcumin. Okay. All right. That's becoming a big thing. We're going to be talking more about that ahead. Uh, Charlotte says, would ivermectin help with an active case of SSHL? Um, uh, let's see. All of a sudden, within the last two weeks, uh, been diagnosed with uh, SSHL again, sudden sensorial uh, hearing loss. Uh, has had two st- steroid shots in eardrum, one week apart, one more shot is planned for next Monday. What ivermectin taken now help? What about eardrops and sinus rinses of hydrogen peroxide or iodine? Possibly all of the above. Any suggestions at all? Hmm. That's too tough to advise that one over the phone. Really depends on what the CT scan sh- shows in terms of the sinuses and what's really the cause of, of hearing loss. So my, my, um, uh, 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 my hunch would be no, no ivermectin on that. Now, if there's been a spike protein exposure, detoxification again with natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin make a lot more sense. But she just needs to keep the follow up with the specialists, and uh, and hopefully the body will recover from this. Okay, all right. Uh, this one's from Anne. Uh, hello, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. I remain incredibly grateful for your selflessness, integrity, and commitment to helping people all over the world. Thank you, Anne. I've been reading about the pervasiveness of ticks these days. I understand Lyme disease can be difficult to treat and symptoms can be severe. Uh, and you're right, Anne. I had close friends who have had this, and it is not pleasant by any stretch. She says, are you aware of a successful treatment protocol? Would love to know to be able to be prepared for both myself and family. Do you know of any successful protocol for Lyme? You know, there are a variety of tick-borne diseases, certainly Lyme disease, um, uh, Rocky Mountain spotted fever. There's many of them. So it really depends on the disease. And the most common one is Lyme. And that's really common. By the way, the, the most common place where the tick bites the body. Do you have any idea, Malcolm, the most common place where you actually Lyme disease starts? Where? It's the back of the arm, the hmm. back of the arm. So the back of your triceps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ticks like to bite back there. And one of the reasons why they can grab onto the back of your arm and you won't see it. And there's not that many sensory fibers that back here. So you don't really feel the little guy digging in on uh, the back of your arm. It's typically kind of under your, your sleeve. And uh, what will happen is a tick will bite. And then it, it, the um, bug is called Borrelia burgdorferi. That's right. It will um, begin to cause an infection and a reaction. And it causes a, a target sign. So do you know the sign for the store target, that kind of red? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what it looks like, but on the back of the arm. Wow. So uh, the thing is, let's say you're going out in the woods or and, uh, you know, your loved one is when you go back, always have your loved one say, listen, can you look at the back of my arms? Make sure I didn't get a tick bite. And and and, and this is a real story. My wife uh, went to Texas when I was living in Michigan at the time. And there was a big flood on Lake Grapevine. And my uh, brother had gone out in, in his canoes and she went out there and they were underneath branches that were right up on, you know, on the water and this and that. And she came home and she was in the bathroom and I looked and she had a target on the back of her arm. Wow. I said, oh my gosh, did you get bitten by a tick? She goes, I didn't feel, feel a thing. I didn't see anything. So I panicked and I said, oh my gosh, I think you've got Lyme disease. 
And I, I tried to get an appointment. And of course, you know, six months to see a specialist. I said, forget it. I just have to make a decision here. So I treated her with doxycycline and amoxicillin, which uh, was a pretty aggressive approach. Okay. Later on, I got the blood test for Lyme disease. It was positive. Wow. So sure enough, I'm glad I treated her because, you know, if you don't treat Lyme disease, it can get into the brain, the it's heart, the heart bad. block, the joints. It's bad. Yeah, really bad. So stuff. look for that target. Uh, I think nowadays the treatment is just doxycycline alone. It's pretty easily treated, but it has to be started early when there's a target lesion. Don't wait till it invades the brain and the heart and the joints. Yeah, it's bad. There are specialists who who treat this thing uh, even later on when people it's it's so debilitating. I've seen how debilitating it is to people. It, it can literally put you in a wheelchair. I mean, it can, it can just really destroy. So it's not a pleasant thing. This Lyme disease is horrible. Uh, last one we got to fit in here from Rob. Uh, I had a very bad case of COVID in 2020, but fully recovered. All right. However, two weeks later, I was completely paralyzed and diagnosed with GBSCIDP. As a treatment, I received two courses of plasmapheresis. I did not want, nor did I receive the COVID vaccine. My mm-hmm. question, would it have been possible for me to have been compromised by the uh, plasma versus treatments given donors of plasma may have been vaccinated? Wow, interesting question. No, I don't think so. Not during that time period. Guillain-Barre is serious. It can happen after COVID. I've seen it. Plasma phoresis uh, is the right thing to do and have the body recover. I, I anticipate he's fully recovered right now. So I just wouldn't implicate anything else right now. Now, there's been over 100 cases in a paper in JAMA of Guillain-Barre syndrome. As I recall, about 10% were fatal with the vaccine. So if this man would have taken the vaccine, boy, it, it, could, have, it could have been the end. So I'm glad he's recovered from it. But no, I think he's okay after plasma freezes. All right. That is uh, what we have time for, friends, on Q&A 76, as well as uh, all of the uh, top stories, top of the broadcast. Uh, Be sure to share the program out there with our fellow uh, patriots and uh, people from all over the world uh, so they also get in on on the know. Uh, We'll see you back at AmericaOutloud.news. Thank you for joining us on America Out Loud. Pulse, always a beat ahead. 